0: G'day and welcome to the Fasting Highway podcast, the podcast that's all about intermittent fasting. I'm your host Graham Curry from Perth, Australia. I lost sixty kilograms or one hundred and thirty-two pounds living an intermittent fasting lifestyle and have successfully maintained that weight loss. I'm also the author of the Amazon category best-selling book, The Fasting Highway, which will give you a great insight into what it's actually like to live it day to day, how to get started, what it's about. What are some of the health benefits that come from it, and how to turn it into a successful long-term lifestyle? In this series of podcasts, you'll be hearing from people from all over the world, from the beginners to the experienced and those that are on the journey. You'll also be hearing from some leaders in the intermittent fasting community, and you'll also be hearing from some past guests as we recheck in to see how they've been going. And thank you for joining us here on the Fasting Highway, enjoy the show. Hey, and welcome to the Fasting Highway Podcast. And this is episode 211, brought to you by our Patreon members community. If you'd like to find out more about the Patreon community and what it can do for you, you can go to that link in the show notes there at www.com, Patreon, forward slash, the Fasting Highway. It's been really great to be truthful, and it's been fantastic seeing the members get some great benefits back for their support. There's two Zoom accountability meetings each month uh, for the Northern Hemisphere and also the Southern Hemisphere, they're fantastic. In fact, we had one just this weekend. It was really great to see the interaction and the progress that the members are making from getting that little bit of extra support and accountability. There's also a lot of bonus content in there, bonus podcasts. We have audio series on various topics and just general help each week to help you with your intermittent fasting lifestyle. So go and have a look at the link in the show notes. And I don't know anywhere where you'll find on the internet, to be honest with you, where you'll get that sort of support for a cup of coffee a month. Okay, folks, let's get on with today's podcast. I'm delighted to be speaking to Gretchen Bates. Gretchen lives in Nashville, Tennessee, of course, one of the music capitals of the world there. And Gretchen had a relatively healthy childhood growing up. And in her early 30s, she actually ran a couple of triathlons and Ironman contests and so in later years, Gretchen found that her weight was becoming a bit of a problem and then some stresses crept in, as you'll hear in this episode. But I don't want to spoil it for Gretchen because I think it's a wonderful story that she relays here. So here she is to tell it, the amazing Gretchen Bates. Oh, day, Gretchen, and welcome to the Fasting Highway, and thank you for joining me.
1: Graham, hello. It's great to be here.
0: Great to have you here, all the way from Nashville, Tennessee, there, and music capital of the world. And yeah, I'd really love to go there one day for sure. But Gretchen, for the people around the world listening to the Fasting Highway, if you wouldn't mind sharing a bit of your backstory and just how you sort of found your pathway to getting up to intermittent fasting. I'd
1: be happy to. Thanks, Graham. Um I guess... My journey with weight loss and, and being overweight really didn't set in until my adult life. I was a really active child. I grew up in the woods in Tennessee. We were swimming and biking and playing all day, every day. And I was a pretty fit kid, very athletic. I played soccer as a youth. And then into high school, I got into swimming. And in college, I was a triathlete and I loved to kayak and I loved to rock climb. And uh, I just stayed active and I think I, I probably stayed fit because I was so active. I ate whatever I wanted. I loved to eat. Uh, Still, I love to eat and I love to cook. And when I got into my 30s, um, I think my metabolism slowed down. My life got busier. I went back to graduate school in my mid-30s, got a master's degree in accounting and became a CPA. And that kind of stuck me behind a desk for a while. I was going from a very active lifestyle to not very active and kind of stressful. And, um, and my metabolism was slowing. So I was putting on weight and I tried every diet there was out there, um, to kind of lose weight, but I wasn't very successful. So every year I was buying bigger suits and, you know, just trying different things and, and it just kind of the weight kept going, kept coming on. Um, I'm five foot six tall, uh, A healthy weight for me is about 150 pounds because I have an athletic build. I think um, in my early to mid-30s, I was probably pushing about 170, 180 pounds, which is pretty heavy uh, for my height. Um, Then into my 40s, um, my mom got sick. Uh, Early 40s, my mom was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, and that really changed my life. I went from a new career as a CPA to a new career plus caregiver for my mom. She had a business that she had started and and run for 45 years. We didn't want to lose that. She needed help at home. She lived alone. Um, So I started commuting to her house, which was about an hour and a half south of Nashville, a couple times a week uh, to take her to doctor's appointments and to just kind of help her with her life as, as she kind of tried to cope with this disease and it was a lot of hours in the car, a lot of fast food. And before you know it, I was up to about 190, 200 pounds. And I just felt awful. Everything hurt. Um, And I I didn't know how to lose weight. I'd never learned how to lose weight because I was fit as a kid. And I, I just never had to think about it before. And then in 2020, COVID struck and, um, everything went on lockdown my mom's disease progressed she had a, a seizure and was hospitalized for a time and after that she couldn't be alone so i moved in with her and became her full-time caregiver and i went part-time at work and i took over management her, her business and i still was traveling back and forth to nashville as as i needed for work um, but i was working remote mostly and I just um, was trying to juggle so much, I just wasn't taking care of myself. I found myself at 220 pounds. Um, I had arthritis in my hands. I was just in pain all the time. By 2021, I was 47 and I just, um, I had a really scary thing that happened. I started to feel like I was having a heart attack. Essentially, I had crushing chest pain, tingling down my left arm. I went to the emergency room thinking I was having a heart attack. I was like, I'm too young to have a heart attack, but you never know, it was COVID times, and we were all just terrified of everything at that time. Um, There were people all over this area getting sick and hospitalized and dying at that time. Um, Luckily, it wasn't a heart attack. Um, They said that given what i had been going through recently, they thought I was just having a panic attack, and they thought I should go on anti-anxiety medication, maybe get on medication for blood pressure. They just really told me to go see my doctor, um, which I... I don't think I did. (laughs) I just kept on with what was happening, trying to juggle everything I had going on. Um, Six months later, it happened again, um, but worse. I went back to emergency care clinic and thinking I was having a heart attack or some kind of medical emergency. And again, they said, nope, probably just a massive panic attack. You're under a lot of stress. Try to get medication from your doctor. I have always been healthy. I've never taken medication for anything unless it was really necessary. And I just decided then and there that I didn't want to live like this anymore. I didn't want to be in pain. And I was too young. I wasn't even 50 yet. I was too young to be feeling this way. And I had the weight of the world on my shoulders taking care of my mom. And I just said, enough. I've got to make a change. And so that's that's when I kind of took a hard look at my life and I said, what's the low hanging fruit? What can I change today that will have a positive impact on my health? What's gonna help me heal? And Graham, the first thing that came to mind was, I need to end my relationship with alcohol. It's not serving me. It's my coping mechanism. It's the way I de-stress at the end of the day. It's, you know, it's just not helping me. It It helps me make poor food choices late at night. Um, there's just no benefit. And that was that was the first choice. So I quit drinking. And within a couple of months, I'd lost 20 pounds. I was sleeping better. I felt great. And I said, okay, this is a step in the right direction. What's next? What do I do next to improve my health, to make sure that I can be here for my mom, to take care of my dogs, to manage all the things that really matter to me, to continue to live life in a healthier way. What, what do I need to do next? And I started looking around and it took me about a year. I tried quitting bread. I tried quitting sugar. I tried, you know, low carb, whole 30, all these different diets. I'd lose a couple pounds and put it back on. And finally, um, three different men in my social kind of network had posted things about intermittent fasting and how beneficial it had been to them and how they lost weight with intermittent fasting. And I had a girlfriend that had done it a couple of years previously. So I called her and I said, what do you think about this intermittent fasting? Did it work for you? And she said, you know, I love it. I feel great, but I have not lost any weight with it. You know, I didn't lose a single pound and that kind of discouraged me. Um, And I I, I don't know if I read this or saw this somewhere, but I I heard that, you know, men go through their entire hormonal cycle in 24 hours. Women, it takes 28 days for us to go through our entire cycle. We're different. We're we're hormonally different. And so I kind of had this feeling, Graham, that intermittent fasting wasn't gonna work for me because I'd fasted or I'd skip breakfast for years at a time and never lost it lost any weight. Whereas a man can just skip breakfast and for a week and lose 10 pounds, it seems like, right? But I thought, I don't have anything to lose. I don't have anything else else that's working. So I might as well give it a try. So I was 200 pounds at the time, um, still quite heavy. And I basically went home one weekend, um, that weekend after reading those posts. And I got on YouTube and I just watched every single video that I could find on intermittent fasting. That's how I started. I just started that Monday. I said, all right, um, I'm going to do this and let's see Let's see what happens. i got
0: nothing to lose. Yeah, fantastic. You mentioned there in your bio also that in your earlier life, of course, you're an elite athlete as well. Just tell us a bit about that, your triathlon stuff.
1: Yeah, I've always been a water baby. I love swimming. I'm a Pisces. And I grew up swimming. And I've been a master swimmer. And I was uh, living in Manhattan, pursuing a career as an actress. And a friend of mine invited me to join the swim team. And a lot of those swimmers were into triathletes or triathlons at the time. So I got involved in uh, the New York City Bicycling Club, and I started riding bicycles um, long distances, and then I got into running. I'm not much of a runner because I've got a kind of a larger build, and it, it tended to hurt my knees and ankles a bit. I was also kind of heavy for my size, I and and for my age, I raced in the, um, they called it. Um, The Clydesdale division. You're a certain age, but uh, uh, above a certain weight, you get to race in a certain division. So I was heavier set, um, but I loved it. I did sprint triathlons to start, and then I got hooked. I did um, Olympic distance, I did half Ironman, and my first full Ironman was uh, the Lake Placid Ironman in uh, Lake Placid, New York. And I think it took me about 13 and a half hours to complete that. That was wow. late
0: 20s. Yeah. Take my hat off to anybody that can do that. <laughs> Amazing endurance. And you've come the full circle. So we'll get into that. Yeah. But also touching just back what you said about your mom. How's your mum now?
1: She's well, thank you. She I mean, she's as good as can be expected. Um, you know, her degree her disease is progressing. Um she lives with me. She's been living with me now full time for four years and I'm committed to keeping her home for as long as I'm physically able. Um, yeah. It was important to her. It's important to me. And so I've kind of just, um, I've just rearranged my life um, to be able to do that. I know not everybody can. It's a really hard thing to deal with. Um, but but I'm really grateful that I am able to be here for her in her last five, a couple of years.
0: So. Yeah. And that's a lot of stress too. And you know, I lost my mum to Alzheimer's actually, Gretchen. And, you know, the last sitting with her, the last three weeks of her life was probably the worst three weeks of, of my life. And um, it's an awful disease. And, you know, I take my hat off to you for being able to spend that time with your mum and look after her. So well done. But let's get back into your fasting now. And, you know, when you first started, uh, Gretchen, you're listening to the friends talk about it in your social circle. And then you were re- looking at all this stuff on YouTube, going down all the rabbit holes how did you actually start? What was your protocol? And did you know about the clean fasting or did that come later?
1: Graham, the clean fasting came later. And I want to talk to you about that in a minute, but I will just start by saying, um, I did go down all the rabbit holes. There were, uh, videos about sugar and how awful it is for us about, um, processed oils and how awful that is. And, uh, and I watched all the videos and all the different experts talking. And when I started, I didn't believe it was going to work. So, I said, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to go all in. And I'm an all in kind of girl. So I said, I'm going to throw everything at this that I can. I gave up sugar. I went through the pantry. Anything with added sugar, artificial sweeteners, high fructose corn syrup, all gone. I gave up any oil except for olive oil and avocado oil, gone. I took out all the processed foods. If a if something in my pantry had more than three ingredients in it, and I didn't know what one of them was, I got rid of it. And I also decided, I know this is not recommended after reading Jen's book. I know you maybe want a softer approach in the beginning or some people. I personally just ripped the band off. So I said, I'm not going to eat any of the five evil foods <laughs> as far as dieting is concerned. That means no bread, no pasta no sugar, no white potatoes, no white rice. I cut those out completely from day one. I'd already quit drinking. So I went really clean, but I didn't know about clean fasting yet. I I knew that the challenge for me was gonna be, closing the window at night because my mom is very active at night. She might be up till 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning sometimes. And so there's a lot of late nights, a lot of TV watching. And it's really easy to snack uh, when you're up that late. So I said, OK, what time can I close my window? And it took me about a week. I started at 11 p.m. I went back to 10, 9, 8. I finally settled at 7 p.m. I closed my window at 7 p.m. period. and If I try to close it any earlier, I tend to get hungry before bed. So 7 p.m. was the golden time for me. And then I worked the other side of it. I said, okay, how long can I go the next day before I really feel like I have to eat? And for me, that was usually about two or three in the afternoon. So I started out about uh, a 19-hour fast with a five-hour eating window pretty quickly, like the first week or two that I started fasting. So today I'm down 55 pounds total from fasting and 20 from going alcohol free. So I've lost 75 pounds total. I was at 145
0: this morning. Wow. That's incredible. And all that yeah. stress you had in your life, you know, and the stuff with your mum and running backwards and forwards to Nashville and trying to keep up with all of that. And, you know, and dealing with all the other bits and pieces in your life. And that period you mentioned with COVID and that, man, that was a scary time for all of us, wasn't it? But, you know, and but the one thing you have controlled in all of this is your fasting, right? It's the one constant that you've been able to control. with So much going on. I know how crushing that is. Your mum having Alzheimer's. I was so crushed, it wasn't funny. And I couldn't function at all. And, you know, food was certainly a comfort for me back then before I knew about fasting. But, you know, just talk about the NSVs for a moment, the non-scale victories and the health benefits, Gretchen, over that 15 months. What are some of those that have come for you?
1: Yeah, Graham, they came pretty quickly. Um, you know, I used to wear these thick, uh, hard plastic shoe inserts because I had really bad plantar fasciitis. I couldn't walk barefoot. I had to put my shoes in a Crocs with the the heel inserts as soon as I got out of bed in the morning. That went away pretty quickly. And I don't know if it was um, the inflammation that was leaving my body or the weight or a combination of both of them, but that was a game changer because now I could walk again without pain. Um, I had arthritis in my hands in the morning. Sometimes I couldn't even pick up a coffee cup because I couldn't bend my fingers. And when the inflammation went, that went too. I started looking in the mirror and recognizing my face again, you know, it's just amazing how much inflammation you carry when you're that heavy. And I I just felt good looking in the mirror every morning. I was like, wow, this is working. No matter what the scale says today, this is working. Um, I felt more energy auto- automatically. I felt more patience. I didn't get as uh, agitated or irritated as quickly. Um, I just felt really good. But I will tell tell you that Um, Some of the best non-scale victories came after I started clean fasting, if I can talk about that for a minute. Um in July, about six months into my fast, uh, I'm sorry, nine months. Nine months in, um, I was looking for podcasts through podcasts. I saw yours and I thought, oh, I love the Australian accent. This would be great. I'd love to listen to this. And the very first episode, Graham, I was just hooked. I just loved listening to you and Lou talking. And you talked about clean fasting. So I got on the internet, I Googled, what is clean fasting? And I ordered Jin's book, I bought her book, Fast Feast Repeat, I devoured it, I got your book, I devoured it, and I started clean fasting. And within 24 hours, Graham, there was a huge difference because the first nine months I had been, I'd been adding heavy whipping cream to my coffee. I had seen on YouTube that that was okay. I'd been putting um, cinnamon and cardamom uh, in my coffee. I'd been putting fresh mint in my iced tea. I'd heard that was okay and I was hungry a lot of the time. I felt like I was kind of white knuckling it the first nine months. I was like, I'm so determined. I'm laser focused. I've got to get this weight off as fast as possible before I lose momentum. But gosh, it's hard, you know, and I was hungry a lot of the time. As soon as I started clean fasting, it was like a light bulb went off. I was like, oh my God, this feels great. I could do this forever. Like I get it now. I get that this is a lifestyle. And I just am so grateful that I learned about it. I wish I knew about it sooner, but I made it to there and the weight started to move too. I kind of stalled for a while. And when I started clean fasting, I kid you not, for five days, the scale was down one pound every single day, the first five days that I fasted clean.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And there's a testament right there to people out there thinking that they can have all these things during their fast, you know, the bone broth and the butter in your coffee and the Heavy whipping cream in your coffee and it makes such a difference. But you know what you know, right? So at the time you didn't know, and then you learn about it and you applied it, and all of a sudden, wow, your fast was getting easier. You weren't white knuckling it, and this lifestyle became so much easier. And I always say to people, why let a beverage get in the way of your health goals? I mean, if you're doing that with coffee, it's like people that drink sodas while they fast. Why do you want to do that? Why do you want to interfere with the process? Because you want to keep that insulin as low as possible. And it might not have calories, and it might not have sugar, but it's got a whole lot of aspartan and other nasty chemicals in it, and it's just going to make your fast a lot harder. So as Gretchen just talked about then, when you see the difference, it's like chalk and cheese. And we've heard this over and over again on the podcast, Gretchen, how much difference it can make.
1: Absolutely. It absolutely does. My dad is also a faster. I got him hooked on clean fasting right away too, and he started to see results. It It became my talking point for everyone that I spoke to about fasting was, are you clean fasting? Do you know why it's important? Are you doing, it makes all the difference in the world. So absolutely. The other little trick, and this isn't nearly as important as clean fasting, but I, it's something I wish I knew from day one Graham is putting salt in your coffee in the morning. It takes away the bitterness. It gives you some electrolytes. It makes things easier. It makes the coffee taste better. So I, all I add to my coffee anymore is salt. And even when I have coffee in my window, I just don't even like the taste of cream and sugar anymore. I've tried it, and it just doesn't appeal to me. I love black coffee now with a little bit of salt.
0: Yeah, and the other thing is people don't (laughs) have to drink coffee at all if they don't want to. They can just drink water while they fast. You know, it's a lot of people say, oh, I can't do intermittent fasting because I can't drink coffee black. I'll say, well, why don't you just drink it with milk or cream when your window opens, you know, and while you're fasting, don't drink coffee. Just drink water until time comes in your eating window, and you can do it, you know. So there's a lot of things we can do. But we talk about appetite correction, Gretchen. Is that something that you found that came for you early on? But you'd already got a lot of these foods out of your life. So I guess that was changing for you.
1: Yeah, I did notice it. I I noticed it more in the amount that I was able to eat. Um, After nine months when I started clean fasting, I also kind of stopped with the... (sighs) What I was doing, Graham, I didn't have like a clear picture of my protocol. I would do like I'd fast every day about 19, 20 hours. And then if I felt like I was getting stuck, I'd pull in a longer fast or I'd throw in a 42 or even a 60 hour. I think the highest I went was 82 hours, just to get the scale moving again. And then I would go back to my weekly fast. And and that helped a little bit. It was really stressful and it was definitely gave me that sense of yo-yo fasting. So when I started clean fasting, I also said, okay okay, I know what OMAD is and Graham does 23-1 that works for him. Let me try that. So I tried that for a little while and I was really surprised that I couldn't eat that much in one hour. I I couldn't, I couldn't eat it. I had to get rid of the starter plate. I'm kind of like you. I do restaurant style OMAD. Um, I'll have some nuts, maybe some hard cheese and apple when I open my window while I'm cooking dinner. Um, And then I'd have a big salad and then I'd have a protein dish. And then I'd close my window. But when I got the protein, I was full. And so I think appetite correction for me wasn't necessarily what I was eating because I was already eating really clean. It was how much I needed to eat. I didn't need to eat as much anymore. And I didn't feel like I was getting any hungrier if I didn't have as much as I used to eat. And I tried to make smarter choices. I cut out some of the nuts because they tend to be more carby. And I tried to make sure I got enough protein and healthy fats um, and lots of vegetables. But yeah, appetite correction... Um, I notice it also when I do TMAD, I'm, I'm experimenting with ADF right now. And when I get into TMAD, I, I just don't, I just can't eat as much as I used to.
0: Hmm. Tell us about your experiment with ADF, Gretchen.
1: Well, so a year, my one-year fast anniversary, this past November, I decided I wanted to try ADF. Um, I kind of had gotten to my goal range. I was comfortable, I am comfortable with where my weight is, but I was concerned about my waist-to-height ratio. And when your waist is less than half your height, you're at a much lower risk for metabolic disease, cardiovascular disease, certain cancers, stroke. So that appeals to me. Um, and my waist was still kind of at 50 or above 50% or above. So I read somewhere that ADF can really help um, with body recomposition. And so in November and this was not the brightest thing on my part, but in November right around Thanksgiving, I decided to try ADF 3 days a week. And uh November uh, Thanksgiving was kind of a disaster. I went way off the rails. Um but I learned a lesson and become Christmas, I had a great Christmas. I stuck to my plan and I was fine. So midway through December and most of January, I've done ADF, not consistently, but I'll do it for a week and then I'll go back to OMAD for a week and then I'll go to ADF for a week and then back to OMAD for a week. And my waist is now, well, it's 48% consistently, but my weight's about the same. So it did change my body comp. I'm now below the 50% waist to height ratio that I was looking for. I didn't lose any weight as far as I can tell, maybe a pound or two at most, but I can definitely feel my pants fitting differently. And I actually really love ADF. I think I thought I would not like it because I love OMAD. I love that one big meal a day. But I got to tell you, Graham, waking up at 36 hours fasted feels really good to me. I I feel like I'm brimming with energy. I'm looking forward to the day. I'm Just feel light and nimble. And I just feel really great. And I try to push it to 40 hours. And then I have two wonderful meals. I have a lunch and a dinner. And I don't snack in between. I'm really focusing on working on a clean TRE, time-restricted eating, where you're not snacking in your window. You're just doing two meals. And then there's kind of a mini fast between the two meals. So I'm working on that. And I've just... Going with how my body feels that particular week, that particular day, but I, I'm loving. I'm I'm sorry, I'm loving ADF. I really feel like uh, it's something I want to continue doing um, on some level for the yeah, future.
0: Okay, so they're just rolling thirty six hours. So you're not. Are you doing this sort of one day down, one day up? You're not doing the five hundred calorie thing.
1: That's right. I just do Monday, Wednesday, Friday down, and then Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday I have two meals. I don't do the 500 calories on the down days because I feel like if I'm going to start eating, I'm going to want a full meal. Mm. I'm not a I'm not going to be satisfied with 500 calories. So I just go straight for 40 hours.
0: Yeah, that would be the problem for me if I did it. If I was doing the 500 calorie thing it wouldn't be enough and I'd want to keep eating. That, that would I find that very hard. And a lot of people don't realise that when they do the 500 calorie meal, uh, and they say oh, I've done a 42 hour fast. Well, you haven't actually because you've broken it with the 500 calories. Right? So what technically you've done is do 21 hour fast back to back. So that's important to know that you've only had 500 calories, and then you might struggle. So yeah, I think if I was going to do that, then I'll probably do what you do, and just do one day down, one one day up. And we've heard from Fifi to uh, Marianne Lise in our community um, a couple of times on this podcast. She's a moderator in our group and she started right off the bat from doing one day up, one day down. And her transformation's been crazy. So there's a lot of benefits I know to ADF, but personally, I don't think I could do it um, uh, only because I like the social aspect of eating once a day with my wife and that that time. And also I just look forward to eating every day. I think the longest fast I ever did was about 26 or 28 hours. And it was only because I got home late from work, but yeah, who knows? I mean, I'm doing some studies with the university that's, um, they're looking into the effects of, you know, various lengths of fast, that sort of thing. So they've asked me if I would do that. And I said, yeah, sure. So I'll attempt it, but I'll document it too. So everybody knows about it and I'll let you know what I think about it and I'll give it a red hot crack. So what's a about exercise? Obviously being a former athlete and, you know, you've come back to full circle, Gretchen, you've got this weight off your body, 55 pounds is a lot of weight off your frame. Are you thinking about getting back into that sort of elite sort of, you know, endurance sport?
1: Yeah, Graham, I've really been craving exercise last summer. I bought a, a small above ground pool. My mom loves the water too. So last summer we were getting in, I would do some aqua aerobics in the water, which was low impact on your joints and easy to do if you're overweight. And mom loves to just float around in the water. So we do that in the, in the summertime. Um, this winter, I actually really started to crave weightlifting again for some reason. I haven't lifted weights since I was in college, so I've been uh, kind of slowly acquiring some uh, some free weights and a bench, and um, started working on some weightlifting. But um, you know, the first year, I really kind of told myself I'm not going to exercise. Well, I will say that I have dogs, a lot of dogs, and I also foster dogs, so we walk a lot. Me and my mom both love to walk with the dogs, and I live right next to a big area that's wooded and we can let the dogs run. And so we do walk many times a week, but, um, for exercise, as far as running goes and biking and lap swimming, I would love to do that. I just don't have the time in my life right now, um, to do that sort of thing. I have to pay a sitter to be with mom when I'm at work. So every minute that I'm away from the house, I'm, I'm trying to make the most of it as far as work goes. Um, and then when I'm home, I I would love to start, I'm starting to weight lift and, um, and we'll swim in the summer. Um, But also saying, uh, I know that from being an athlete earlier on, that when I work out, I get really hungry. And so when I was learning to fast, I intentionally didn't want to work out, I didn't want to increase hunger unnecessarily. And I wanted to trust the process of fasting. So I also have learned that fasting can be stressful on your body. And I didn't want to put too much stress myself, I already was chronically stressed out. So I took the whole year and said, I'm not worried about working out. Diet and exercise never worked for me anyway, as far as weight loss goes. I know I can get in shape when it's time. And so my body is now telling me it's time. I'm at a healthy weight and it feels good. It feels good to lift. It feels good to to get in the water. And I'm looking forward to more of that this summer.
0: Yeah. You know, part of the study that I'm doing is about strength training as well for people that have lost a lot of weight, because it's really important to sort of maintain our muscle mass, of course, and build strength as we get older for longevity and make sure our bones are strong and that sort of thing. So I say to anybody that's doing intermittent fasting with your exercise, you want to be doing some stuff that's, you know, maintaining your muscle, picking up some heavy stuff around the house. There's some great podcasts. I just got one sent to me the other day, actually, that was on the the Zoe podcast. I think it was, it was really interesting about the strength training, but this university are looking into the effects of intermittent fasting on muscle and so, yeah, for you, I guess that's very important being an athlete.
1: I can feel it. It feels good. It feels good. It feels good to get stronger. Um, I will say, I also remember you talking about the vibration plate and Jen talked about the vibration plate. So I ordered one of those and I love it. Um, I, I kind of treat it like a, a massage from the inside out. I get on it and I just, it loosens up kinks that I've had in my body for years. And it just feels really great. Don't do a lot of working out on it, but I stretch and I breathe and I relax and it feels fantastic. So I, I recommend that too.
0: Yeah. Weirdly enough, I've got a vibration plate here myself. It's collecting dust over there in the corner. My wife bought it because a lot of horse riders, they use them. And this one's got a seat on it as well. You can put a seat on and sit really upright. And so like, it's really good for your core strength. But I stood on the vibration plate a couple of times. I felt like I was getting shaken to bits, you know, watching TV and I was getting a bit dizzy on it. And um, yeah, I, I sort of, I don't know. I never used it enough on, to be honest, to see whether, what the benefits are, but I believe it's quite good. But yeah, there's other things we can do for exercises. And I mean, you mentioned you walk your dogs and, I think when you lose the weight, you really do start craving the exercise because you just feel good.
1: Yeah. And I just got so much energy. It's almost like I can't contain myself. I have to, I have to start moving or doing something. So, um, no, I love it. I look forward to getting out and exercising more, um, as I have time.
0: Yeah. And I guess losing 55 pounds, I mean, you've been an accountant as well. I mean, that's a very, focused job or you're looking at numbers all day and that sort of thing. Do you think intermittent fasting has helped you with that focus and the energy for your work?
1: Yeah, without a doubt. Absolutely. Um, it, I used to just, my my brain would, would go in a million directions at all times. I would just, I had, I felt like I was juggling balls and there were always balls up in the air and I was constantly having to multitask and think about different things. And now I just, I have this clarity that wasn't there before. Um, I can sit down, I can do the task, get it done and move on to the next thing. And I think that definitely has helped. Um, that's probably from the fasting. Um, there's other non-scale victories that I didn't mention Um I haven't heard this one mentioned on your show before, but I used to suffer from tinnitus, which is this high-pitched ringing in your ears. A lot of musicians have it. And it's supposedly not curable. But I swear to you, Graham, I used to have this horrible tinnitus in my ears, and it is gone. I've just recently noticed it gone within the last couple months. But I don't get that ringing in my ears anymore. That's a huge one. Um, Another big one is just having more self-confidence and feeling like, I can achieve things that I I just felt before like I was constantly putting out fires and just trying to get at, get things done the best that I could but now I feel like really good about the work I do I have more self-confidence and I'm happier I feel happy most of the time you know I wake up feeling good and uh, I think that's all to do with with the fasting as well and and also just the diligence that it takes it, you know it's not easy when you start out um it's a big change and to be able to do that and say, Hey, I did this. I set my mind to this and, and give myself a pat on the back. That feels good too.
0: Yeah. I mean, intermittent fasting itself is a fairly simple process, right? You're fasting for a period of time. Then you eat in a period of time and Then you just got to sort of work out how you're going to do that. But the actual mental part, I think is 90% of it, the mindset, and getting yourself into that space. Like you said, you've still got to have that will. You still got to have that desire. You've got to have that focus, that discipline, and the willpower to be able to do it and get through it and make it a successful lifestyle. So for you, the mindset part?
1: Yeah, for sure. Mindset's huge. And I think that now that I'm kind of approaching maintenance or just now getting to maintenance, my, my mindset is, is shifting. I think when I started fasting, my, my focus, my laser focus was I've got to get this weight off my body. Um, And now it's kind of expanded into wow, this feels really great. What else can I do to improve my health, to become the healthiest person possible? Like how how can I reduce my stress level? How can I uh, work less so that I have more time to spend with my family and friends doing things that I love? Um, how can I get better sleep at night? How can I make consistently good food choices all the time? Uh, How can I, you know, I think there's a lot of things still coming up down the road that that make me nervous, like I've still got to go through menopause. And, you know, mom's conditions gonna get worse, it doesn't get better. And there are things coming that I know are going to cause stress and and be hard. And so how do I set myself up now to continue this lifestyle to continue to be successful when those sort of things start to happen in my life. And so mindset's huge, because if you don't have your mind in the game, you don't have anything. You've got to believe in yourself. You've got to believe it's going to work um, to make it work.
0: Yeah. What I really loved what you said right at the start was about when you went into your pantry, when you started intermittent fasting, you looking at all those foods that you, you weren't loving you back, right? You already knew that. So you had that mindset. Well, hey, if I'm going to do this fasting thing, I'm going to make sure I'm going to eat pretty good. I'm going to eat really good quality food. I don't need this stuff in my life. You'd already got alcohol out of your life. Then you attack the sugar and that sort of thing. You got information. And I think people come to intermittent fasting because they start to buy into this whole, you can eat whatever you want when you do intermittent fasting. But let me tell you something. If I was eating whatever I wanted, there is no way in this world I would have lost 60 kilos, 132 pounds. No way. In fact, I probably wouldn't have lost anything and I would have given up because if I was eating whatever I wanted, I would have been going crazy and eating every poor nutrition food I could be eating. So you have to have that mindset to say, if I'm going to do this fasting thing, I'm going to complement it by eating the best food that I can to give my health goals the best chance. It's common sense to me, Gretchen.
1: It really is, Graham. And you know, I notice I'm not perfect, certainly. And I do have moments uh, where I'm out with friends at dinner and we'll order dessert. And it's so amazing to me that even the smallest amount of sugar can create the craving for more sugar, or if I have some bad carbs, it's like all of a sudden I want more bad carbs. And and that's a little scary. It's like, how do I control these cravings? I think sugar is probably the hardest thing to give up, Graham. It's everywhere. It's in all foods. You, you can't avoid it. Um, I mean, you can if you cook all your own foods and you're very diligent, but eating out, it's hard to avoid sugar. And I find that when I have even just a little bit I want more. Um, so that's a hard one for me. I still struggle with that. I will tell you one thing. When I started, I did get rid of all the sugar in my pantry, but I had a contingency plan because I knew that there were going to be times when I just had that craving. And I was nervous that if I didn't have a plan in place, I would run to the closest drive through for a chocolate shake. So what I did was I had one box of my very favorite chocolate jerdelli brownie mix in the pantry and i made up a pan of brownies and i cut them into very small bite sized pieces and stuck them in the freezer and when i had those moments and i did have them when i felt like i just had to have a piece of chocolate i took out a little square i had it i in my window obviously um and it satisfied me i just needed that little bit i had it i was done and then eventually i just never bought any more brownie mix and i haven't missed it um you know i i think you have to You have to also make plans for some moments of weakness. Um, Otherwise, uh, for me anyway, if I go, if I try to cut everything cold turkey, sometimes I can set myself up for a fail. So that was one thing I did uh, just in case I needed it and it worked for me. Um, But yeah, mindset's really important giving up the bad foods, the foods that are trying to kill you is basically, I look at sugar and alcohol and I say, that food's trying to kill me. I'm not going to help it by putting it in my mouth and I just move on.
0: Yeah. That's a good mindset to have, but you know, we're we're not perfect. You know, we're humans, right? So we're going to have times where we want something or that sort of thing. But for me, it's going from that addiction phase I had to sugar to that moderation phase where I'm able to just say, okay, well, I might have something, a little bit of it, and then I can stop Whereas before, I couldn't stop. I had no off button, right? So it's at control now, and I don't miss it. and I don't crave it. And I don't buy it. But, you know, if, if one of my children were getting married, I've used this example before, and they said, Hey, dad, do you want some of the wedding cake? And I knew it was riddled with sugar. Of course, I'm going to have the wedding cake, you know, to celebrate my daughter's wedding. But, you know, those sorts of moments in life, life moments, those sorts of things, we're at special occasions, you know, whatever it may be you know, our parents' birthdays or your birthday or whatever it may be. I mean, life's to be lived. We're not in boot camp here. We live in a lifestyle, Gretchen. So those moments are okay. And it's okay to give ourselves grace. This is a forgiving lifestyle. And that's what it is, a lifestyle. So we've got to have some flexibility to make it work, right?
1: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more for sure. I think um, for me, I'm just learning how to have that one piece of cake and not have any more after that. I I'm still remembering Thanksgiving where I hosted so there was all this food and all of these cakes and I way overdid it. Um so for me, you know, I I, I absolutely want to celebrate. We had my friend's 50th birthday just a couple weeks ago and I did have a piece of the chocolate ganache cake and I loved it and I only had one piece. So I was proud of that, but it's a, it's a learning process. It's a practice. It's a journey. It's keeping on making good choices and just doing the best I can from, you know, from one moment to the next.
0: Yeah. You know, Gretchen losing 55 pounds in in 15 months is a huge feat and well done on that accomplishment. Well, what has it done for you as a person like you, Gretchen, and, and the way you think about yourself and your life and the way you see yourself, the way you see your appearance, but just for you personally, what has that 55 pounds done for you?
1: Graham, I finally, probably for the first time in my adult life, don't feel like I need to lose weight. I'm happy with the way I feel in my own skin. And that's huge. You know, I feel confident. Um, I like the way I look. I like the way clothes fit. Um, And that's huge. Uh, You know, I've always wanted to be smaller, wanted to look thinner, you know, even looking back at pictures from my youth, I look now and I go, gosh, I was, I looked great. I was gorgeous. I was healthy. But back then I always wanted to be smaller. And now for the first time in my adult life, I'm really happy in my own skin. And that's huge. That's self-confidence. That's self-awareness. That's, that just, that affects every, every part of my life. And I don't let things bother me as much as they used to. I don't take things personally. I I recognize that everyone is having their own struggle. And if someone says something that hurts me, it's not directed at me. It's just what they happen to be going through. I, I used to take things a lot more personally. I felt sort of... Um, invisible when I was heavy. I, I didn't really want to be in, you know, I hear this a lot on your podcast, but I definitely didn't want to be in pictures. I didn't go out as much because I just wasn't comfortable in my own skin. I wasn't I didn't feel like myself. And now I, you know, I love it. I I just love how I feel. And um I'm happy. I, I'm happy. I, I I think that's that's the best thing. It's just I feel positive and happy most of the time.
0: Yeah. You found that in a peace scratching. That's what it is. Yeah. Inner peace and calm, inner peace from food and calm within yourself. And I think that's what intermittent fasting does. And the longer you go, the more that inner peace comes. You know, you just feel so chilled and relaxed about all. You just live in a lifestyle. But I will say, when you go into maintenance, it is a very different mindset shift. I just recently talked about that in our Patreon community about going into maintenance and making that mindset shift because you go from that phase of being so laser focused, you want that weight off your body, right? And then when you get the weight off your body, you start having those thoughts about, oh, you know I've been on these diets before, and you know I put the weight back on when you know I'm not doing, I have to do everything the same otherwise. And you, you don't realize that you can find some flexibility in a maintaining lifestyle with intermittent fasting, but you just got to tweak it the same as what you did when you're losing the weight, right? You just got to try a few different protocols, see what works, maybe introduce a couple of things that you might not have been having before that you love and just to see how it goes. And for me, it's about vigilance without obsession. That's the way I do. I don't call it maintenance. I call it vigilance without obsession because then you're vigilant, but you're not obsessed by it. So then you can make it sustainable to make it a lifestyle for life. So all I'd say to you is that when you come to your maintenance, two things have a goal range, not a goal number. Like don't think about, I just want to be the certain number because people get hooked up on it and then they're not that number and it really plays with their mind. Whereas if you say to yourself, it depends on the frame you are, the small frame, big frame, whatever, I might be three to four pounds in this range or four to six pounds if you're a bigger person like me. So yeah, I think that's important, Gretchen, to realize that maintenance is a very different ballgame.
1: It is, Graham. And I I'm, I, I hesitate to say I'm there, but I think I am. I think I'm in the range. And so I, I feel like for me i'm just going to keep doing what i've been doing and um you know i'm not as laser focused on weight loss now i'm just practicing and um practicing the tools that got me here um Staying focused on clean eating, clean fasting, and I'm still learning. I'm still reading. I'm still exploring. I'm trying new things. Uh, I want to. I want to learn more about fasting, more about my body. I kind of feel like, you know, I've been doing this fifteen months, and now I'm in my weight range. But I feel like I'm at the beginning of my journey for some reason, Graham. I, I don't feel like I'm at the end of it. I feel like I've just arrived, and I've still got a lot to learn, and I'm just still really enthralled by the subject, and and I'm you know i'm interested in therapeutic fasting i'm i'm following studies coming out about deep autophagy and its potential to possibly delay or even prevent alzheimer's and dementia of course the science isn't there yet but it's something i'm following very closely um so i want to learn more about that um yeah so maintenance for me i think is is the it's not it's not the end of the journey it's kind of the beginning of living the lifestyle in in my mind 100%
0: That's exactly what it is. You get the weight off and then it's a you life. You're now living a you life and a you body. And that takes some getting used to. Sometimes you have identity crisis. Sometimes you have things like body dysmorphia. I was going into shops, getting off shirts off the rack that were 2X and 3XL. And they were so big on me, it wasn't funny because that's what I was used to. I didn't see my image as the person that now fits an L shirt or an XL shirt, right? It was really crazy going through it, walking past shop windows and looking at it and going, who is that? was that person looking in the mirror when I was in the bathroom and going, why has my face changed like that? My face used to be a big round face, you know, that I used to see. And that takes a bit of getting used to when you get a lot of weight off your body, like you have 55 pounds is an immense amount of weight. But, you know, I can't tell you how inspiring you've been, Gretchen. And you're always very popular in our Facebook group. And you put some great posts in there and encourage people. And I thank you for that. So just with your support networks, let's talk about that for a minute. How have they been for you, and where did you find your support on this journey, or how do you get support around you?
1: Graham, I found a lot of support from your fasting uh, podcast, or and and your the Fasting Highway Facebook group. I love it; it's 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 really um, positive. I love reading people's success story. Um, my dad also fasts; he started about the same time I did, so we kind of compare notes, um, and I've tried to talk to friends about it and family and I've actually posted some of my before and after pictures on my regular Facebook page as well just because it's important to me to let other women know and my friends know that fasting works for us too it doesn't just work for men i didn't know anybody that had lost weight with fasting that was female when i started and so i've had a lot of people reach out to me saying how did you do this what are you doing i want to learn more and that's that you know supporting them and and sharing my story with with friends some of them i haven't even heard from in decades um that's been also a support for me as well it's just being able to share my own story with friends um so i i think um i love i love the facebook group i love the podcasts and i just Love talking about fasting with anybody that listened. Fantastic. <laughs> Sometimes yes. you can't shut me up.
0: <laughs> yeah, I see a great future for you, Gretchen, and and you know promoting this great lifestyle and helping other people. But if you're sitting around there in a cafe or a bar in the lovely town of Nashville, listening to some great music, and your friends are saying, "Wow, Gretchen, look at you! You look fantastic!" You know, let's let's talk about intermittent fasting. How are we going to get going? What are we going to do to start? And just why should we do it?
1: Yeah, I tell them, um, start now. If you're thinking about it, start now, because the only regret, Graham, that I've ever heard from anyone who has adopted an intermittent fasting lifestyle is they wish they had heard about it sooner. They wish they had started sooner. We can't get those years back when we were sick and obese. They're gone. All we can do is take charge, take control today to change tomorrow to make our lives better tomorrow. And so I tell them, start now. You don't have to be perfect. Do your own homework. That's the other piece of advice. Read the books, listen to the podcast, get coaching help if you need it, but do your own homework. You should go to the the social media for support, for encouragement, for inspiration. But you got to do your own homework, because what works for me may not work for you. And if I give you the answer to something, it might not be the answer that you need to hear. So you should read the books, read Jin's book, read your book, Graham. Um, I love all of Dr. Fung's books. Uh, I love his videos, too. And so I give people copies of your book. I've given out copies of Jin's book. I post those on my Uh, social media page because everything you need to know is in those books and it's more than I could just give you over coffee it's more information that I could tell you over coffee so the best thing is just read the book do your own homework and start now don't worry about being perfect just start
0: yeah that's exactly right just start think Nike just do it and just (laughs) start right that's the way to go but hey Gretchen as I said thank you for joining us here and I really appreciate it And we're all sending big hugs to your mum on her journey. And we hope that both of you are okay. And uh, really great story. Thoroughly enjoyed it. But thank you for joining me here on the Fasting Highway.
1: Thank you, Graham.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Gretchen. Thoroughly enjoyed that chat with you. And thank you for coming on to the Fasting Highway podcast and sharing it with us My warmest regards to yourself and your mum, and I wish you both well. Uh, Whatever pans out there for you, I hope it's the very best. And thank you for being so inspiring and going into your story in such great detail. Really, really enjoyed it, as I'm sure the listeners will around the world. Okay, folks, uh, as you heard, the podcast is now brought to you by our Patreon members community. We simply couldn't be doing this without their help. If you want to come and join us in the Patreon community and get some extra accountability for your IF lifestyle, it really is a great place to do it. For the cup of coffee a month or $10 a month, you can really get some great support there. You can get two Zoom accountability meetings a month. You can get extra bonus content, bonus podcasts, weekly encouragement, and there's a lot more. So go and have a look at the link in the show notes there at www.patreon.com forward slash The Fasting Highway. Okay, folks, until next week, be well, be safe, and remember, clean fasting is everlasting.